You're listening to the Don's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. And mate, how great was that? One of our best wins in the last four or five years at least. And some are saying even further back than that. Yeah, it was an absolute cracker, James. Uh, you know, the one thing I was really proud of was, um, yeah, that the boys stuck it out again in another four-quarter effort. Like I've said this a few times that, you know, while our polish isn't there, uh, and it certainly wasn't on the night, you know, definitely West Coast looked a lot more sure with the ball. Um, their stars really stood up, particularly in that first half. Um, and, you know, in their forward line, they just couldn't miss for, for a fair chunk of the game. Um, you know, we, we stuck it out. We kept our pressure up. Uh, and at the end of the day, we, uh, we were able to um, outrun them and, um, yeah, get the four points. Yeah, it was a, an amazing performance, really, because, uh, as you say, mate, we had plenty of opportunities, had more scoring shots, but it was just uncanny how many straight shots at goal they got. Um, and, like, I even had shots where um, even after the siren went, <laughs> they still kicked another goal, but fortunately that was overruled, so... Could have easily been 10 goals straight. But, uh, yeah, no, it was a really fantastic performance, the way the Bombers stuck at it and like to come out and win the game by, you know, 16 points. It was really yeah. good after being down as far as 29. Yeah, absolutely, Jamie. And uh, it's sort of funny, you know, in the in that first half particularly, um, like as you say, like there was plenty of opportunities for us. Um, but, like, looking at the stats, uh, even though we missed a lot of shots, our efficiency was actually quite good in that. Like that was around the ground. So overall uh, disposal efficiency was 75%, uh, which is not too bad. Um, uh, but then efficiency inside 50 uh, was sort of surprising to me. Um, we were, we had 56.1% to the Eagles, 35.6. So that shows that, yep, we were able to get plenty of ball inside. That's why we got plenty of op- uh, scoring opportunities. Um, but, you know, the Eagles just uh, nailed um, all of theirs in that first half and, uh, you know, uh, and that, I suppose is, uh, you know, the pleasing thing that, you know, while we're able to grind out the game and get the win, geez, if we're able to clean up our efficiency, um, you know, in front of goal um, and around the ground, just what a team uh, we could become, Jane, because, uh, you know, from all the um, you know, frustrations we all would have had watching the game, um, you know, uh, you can just see the belief in the team to, uh, yeah, keep at the contest and uh, almost put the scoreboard uh, to the side and um, just focus on winning each and every single contest as they can and, um, yeah, are able to grind it out to get the win. And that makeshift back line, uh, you know, when you think of, you know, we had some former forwards that have gone back. Gee, they look composed down there. And as I said, even though West Coast were accurate, they had to make the most of their opportunities just to be in the game because... You know, players like Laverty, Stewart, uh, Heppel, uh, Redmond, uh, Ridley. Yeah, they were just fantastic down back. And Hind as well as another one. So, yeah, we really reinvented that back line. And, geez, uh, coming up trumps. Certainly is there. Plenty to like down there, mate. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about it more as we go through the quarters. Uh, but uh, certainly in that second half, um, you know, the boys all stood up down there um, and... Uh, yeah, couldn't be proud of them. Yeah, no. So just some uh, some news that you know come to hand. Uh, you know, we've got uh, the mid-season draft, mate, is uh, on Wednesday night. 
on Essen will be picking with uh, one pick with at pick ten. So it will be one of the last picks, mate. But uh, be interesting to see. Uh, you know, Xavier Campbell basically confirmed today that we will use that pick. Um, we do, you know, we do have intentions to use that pick. So I presume there's a player that we've got lined up. Uh, in the media, most of the talk is around Angus Baker, who um, did the preseason with us and trialed for what would become Alec Waterman's position. Um, so uh, I don't, I'm not sure if, we, if that's correct, if that's the way they'll go. But um, obviously, Angus is already playing in the VFL team. But um, yeah, it would be something like uh, Adrian Dodoro to come up. With a bit of a smoky, mate, we, you know, one we hadn't heard of. So, yeah, that'll make it exciting just to hear that, um, who that player is. Um, yeah, or, I sort of know, wonder. I sort of wonder whether, um, you know, we had a, a bloke sort of. He's come in uh, over the last few weeks. I think his name's O'Kearney, um or something. He's been racking up plenty of the uh, the footy that first week. He racked up about forty odd possessions, I think. Um, uh, his name, his full name, just escapes me for the moment, but. Uh, um, I believe he might have been on um, uh, was it St Kilda's list, uh, but he had plenty of injury issues. But uh, yeah, he might be one we we look at. But yeah, certainly be interesting, mate. And we'll all find out on Wednesday night. Yes, and then also uh, we now know that uh, Dream Time will be not at the G, but at the O, and that's at the Optus Oval, um, Optus Stadium at uh, in WA. So our boys will stay in WA after that great win. And um, Xavier confirmed they'll go back to Melbourne on Sunday after the game. So uh, we have the bye the following week, so the players will return home, get to see their families. Like, Although most of our players, mate, are, yeah, they're not, they don't have um, children. So, um, you know, there's only a few or a handful of players that have children, I think, at the club. So... Um, yeah, like they will still want to be home in their own environment uh, while we have the bye week and hopefully uh, lockdown ends by then and we can maybe get some games back into Melbourne. Yeah, mate, it'll uh, it'll be interesting. I, mean, I think we're, we're sort of fortunate in a way that we um, we did have that um, our last game at Optus Stadium and we had the... Uh, yeah, had to travel up there early. So we know what the, sta- the stadium's like and the, what the ground's like to play on. Uh, so... Um, yeah, I mean, unfortunate the dream time's not being played at the G because uh, it's always a good spectacle there. But um, yeah, certainly uh, from what we saw from the uh, little like, sort of ceremony for Sir Doug Nichols round at Optus Stadium, I thought that was quite well done. So um, quite capable there. It is actually, I actually quite liked uh, the ground there. I mean, uh, the only time I've been there, James, is with yourself, and we travelled over for that final. Um, mm. It hurts to remember, but uh, I must admit that the stadium uh, was quite good. Um, so I think uh, it'd be great if we get plenty of Bomber supporters uh, there at the ground to support the boys. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, uh, yeah, get behind them and hope we get the win. Yeah, and it's amazing. Uh, it'll be round 12, mate. We would have had six games in Melbourne and six interstate games. So uh, we've really become that side that, you know, is like an interstate team playing in Victoria, one at home and one away. So, uh, yeah, six and six, uh, an even split. Um, hopefully we can get some 
Melbourne games at the back end of the season. All right, mate. Well, why don't we go into the season? Oh, sorry, into the seat, into the game, and and review each quarter. And uh, how did you think we started? Um, yeah, I mean, like as I said, so that uh, that ceremony, like the welcome to country ceremony, is quite well done. I thought it was a bit of a shame our boys uh, didn't also wear the indigenous jumper. Like I thought the Eagles Guernsey looked pretty sharp on the night. But um, look, as the game started, uh, the Eagles really came out firing, and our defence was under siege pretty quickly. They got the first goal through a clever grubber from Petricelli. Yeah, it was fairly quick. It was, I think, 21 seconds into the game right, or something like that. So, mm. um, yeah, the danger danger sound was uh, starting to go off because, you know, we've seen that in games against, uh, you know, Brisbane and Port where we kind of got blown away early. Um, so uh, it definitely put me on, the, on a warning to... Were we up for the match? Um, mm. But, uh, you know, those fears were slightly alleviated uh, as the game went on. Yeah, well, they were. I mean, we got the next opportunity, but Zerit was wide with the kick. Um, and it wasn't long until the Eagles took it down their end and Darling was able to take an easy, uncontested mark about 25 metres out and went back to kick their second. And, you know, during that play, uh, you know, I saw Dyson Heppel right up in the forward pocket and, I feel like that really left our defence vulnerable and I can't really fathom why that was something we were doing uh, because, you know, Dyson Heppel, as good a player as he is, um, you know, he's not the quickest bloke going around. So as soon as the ball goes past him, he's out of the contest. Uh, there's no way he's catching up. Um, but, you know, thankfully the boys dug in and while we were under heavy pressure, uh, Langford slapped away a handball over his head to allow us to run onto it. And then Langford got involved again, running from half back to half forward to mark the footy about 45 metres out from a Cox kick. And uh, Langford then hit up Harrison Jones, who put on a nice lead, took the grab and kicked the bloody goal. Yeah, well, Harrison Jones continued his uh, good goal kicking, mate. He continued to kick straight. So that was a very nice goal. But uh, unfortunately, the Eagles would answer pretty quickly afterwards um, with Liam Ryan. Yeah, he did. Like... And that was another disappointing one. Like um, they just they just had class and plenty of runners on the outside. And you know, Josh Kennedy was able to get the ball out in his own, you know, forward flank sort of area uh, and spot up Liam Liam Ryan pretty easy and kick their third straight goal. Uh, and again, you know, Redmond and Heppel were way up the ground, and it was basically Ridley and Laverty as our stay-at-home defenders. And I thought, yeah, it left left us um, you know pretty open down there. But you know. We got back up and Hooker had a rush snap a goal, which missed before Harrison Jones took a nice mark. Uh, but, you know, he stumbled and was called to play on, which uh, I found a bit bemusing. Uh, but Perkins ended up with a shot at goal after Zerit popped one up to him. Uh, but he hit the post. Um, so, you know, we were getting plenty of opportunities, but weren't putting them through. Um, but then, you know, Cale Hooker took a huge pack mark from a parish centering kick and went back to slot the goal and, all of a sudden, even though the Eagles had plenty of the ball, uh, we were back within one straight kick. And yeah, that was a massive mark by Hooker. Um, yeah, as you say, mate, there's a bit of a pack there, and he had a, like a vice-like grip, and just controlled that ball all the way. And uh, yeah, good old Hooksy uh, went back and kicked the goal, a much-needed one. Mm. Um, and then we got another shot uh, through Alec Waterman. Um, mm. He kind of overkicked it, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, you know, he had a snap, uh, but went through for a point. And then there was a beautiful play from Perkins. And he uh, 
he grabbed the footy from half forward and shrugged his tackle and was able to get it out to Redmond, who pinpointed Waterman with a beautiful pass. I mean, it was a bit of a worm burner, but uh, yeah, Waterman was good enough to take the mark. But as you say, he uh, put a bit too much sauce on it and uh, missed the lot. Yeah, it's a real slice, but um, he's still got about 55 to 60 metres out of it. Yeah. So um, just goes to show how much power he's got in his leg. Um, but it did feel like we'd recovered to a certain a certain extent after a pretty quick eagle start. Yeah, we did. And, uh, you know, the last minute, two minutes or so, it was all the eagles, but we got off pretty lucky as they uh, gave away a couple of undisciplined free kicks. And we ended the quarter two goals, four, 16 to the Eagles, three goals straight, 18. So I think we were uh, pretty lucky to still be in the chase there. Yeah, only two points down. And yeah, we'd had more scoring shots, uh, just you know, hadn't had the same polish as the Eagles. But uh, yeah, that uh, continued in the start of the first, uh, sorry, second term when uh, and the ball went straight down and uh, Josh Kennedy uh, would have a shot at goal. And, he kicked his first. Yeah, I've, I've got to say, like, it was, it was a bit frustrating because Tim Kelly was brought to ground in that tackle from Zerrett, uh, but was allowed what felt like bloody 30 seconds to get rid of the ball. Uh, and then when Stewart tackled Kennedy, that was called in the pack in the back and, uh, you know, it felt like the fix was in. Um, yeah, unfortunately for West Coast, you know, that seemed to be the incident where Tim Kelly uh, done a medial uh, ligament. Uh, so he was out of the game from there. Um and like just on that, uh, mm. Kelly didn't even dispose of the ball correctly. So, yeah. you know, it should have really been incorrect disposal as well. So, mm. and then like Stewart, he had an argument. Like, didn't look like he went fully into his back. It was almost on his side, but mm. I guess it was forceful. And I guess that's always going to draw the uh, umpire's attention. Yeah, certainly. And uh, yeah, Kennedy's always going to be good enough to kick those through. But uh, luckily, uh, we were able to get one our way when Jones did some brilliant pressure work on Allen. He rushed his kick, which eventually ended in the hands of Snelling. And he was able to kick a pretty opportunistic uh, goal from the forward pocket, mate. Yeah, that was a typical uh, typical Will Snelling goal. Like, you know, just an opportunity and a nice snap. Um, you know, it was great to answer that goal from the Eagles fairly quickly after they added theirs. And, you know, uh, but then probably after, you know, that rush behind to us, um, yeah, the Eagles got on a bit of a roll and kicked the next three. Yeah, and it all seemed to start from that sort of uncharacteristic and costly turnover from Nick Hind that went straight to Darling. Um, you know, uh, they were able to kick a few, few goals there, like, um, you know, they they brought on uh, emergency sub Waterman, uh, you know, brother of Alec. And, uh, you know, with his first touch of the game, he was able to kick goal. Then Archie kicked one from the goal square and put them 13 points up in the space of a minute or so. And two minutes later, Cripps nudged out hind at the half forward line and was able to take the ball inside 50 and kick an easy one uh, for the Eagles' seventh straight goal, mate. Yeah, it's just unbelievable how they're piling them on. And uh, we'd seen that in games against Port and Brisbane where, you know, and even uh, to Sydney to some extent, where they get on the interstate side, got on a bit of a roll and added their five or six goals. Mm. But, um, you know, and this is what happened again with the Eagles because, you know, it just continued. Like, we had a couple of opportunities for a Jake Stringer. Um, unfortunately, couldn't get either of those. Mm. And then, you know, to 
yeah, for Josh Kennedy to get his second and Dom Sheed had a goal, it was starting to get really worrying. Yeah, it was. You know, they'd kicked the last five goals of the match and we just didn't seem to have any answers for them. But, uh, you know, finally, in the last two minutes of that quarter, uh, Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody was able to pounce on a loose ball in the forward line and kick one through to break the shackles a bit before halftime. Um and then, uh, you know, the Eagles looked to be searching, uh, surging forward toward another goal, but Zerk Thatcher was able to really gut run uh, and get a finger tip on his opponent to affect the kick, uh, which was snaffled up by Hind, and he worked it up our, our end brilliantly and found Langford, who was able to float in and take a mark at the top of the goal square, uh, and he kicked the goal to uh, have us just 17 points down at the main break. Yeah, so we'd been 29 points down, you know, those last... Two goals, you know, brought it back to the 17 points and that seemed a little bit more manageable. Um, and Langford on that one, he uh, dropped a mark, you know, around the oh, 60 metres. And um, it seemed, you know, a pretty elementary one. Um, I was a bit frustrated at that, but mm. gee, did he make up for it because that was a really handy mark that he uh, took, you know, basically at the top of the goal square to... Yeah, that last goal that we had before half time. So he certainly made up for it. Yeah, he did, mate. Um, no, he was, he was doing some very good things, Langford. Um, you know, every now and then he'll he'll do something that makes you pull your hair out. But uh, you know, certainly in this game, uh, there was plenty of good and certainly more good than bad. Um, but then, yeah, you know, going into the third quarter, like it started off as a bit of an arm wrestle. Um, you know, neither side was able to get much uh, from the ball. You know, going either end, uh, the Eagles were only able to add two points uh, to their score after the first six minutes of play. Uh, but then when we finally looked to have been able to get through, Zaharakis second-guessed his options uh, and got taken in the tackle. And Kennedy ended up taking an easy mark between three bomber defenders. Uh, and you can see the frustration of um, Brett Rutten, Rutten rather, um, you know, when, uh, when that happened and he kicked his third straight of the night. And, yeah, it was just... Yeah, it was a pretty disappointing effort, really. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And yeah, Ben Rutten did look bemused, didn't he? He was very upset because you know, he saw it break down like that. But I think he was also a bit annoyed with uh, Zach. I uh, sorry, David Zarakis for um, you know we had the ball on the offense, and uh, unfortunately we you know, that turnover was really costly. Mm. But again, like this is where we started to you know dig in and. Uh, Again, it was Kyle Hooker who you know, would add to our goal tally. And when he kicked that goal, mate, gee, he had a lot of emotion there. And mm. you got to wonder, did that really fire up the boys? Because they seem to get a lot of energy out of that. Yeah, he's a heart and soul player, Hooker. And uh, he's done it time and time again where he just gets real excited. Uh, and the, like I reckon the boys definitely get motivated from that, bit fired up. Um, and, you know, it was sort of good because... Uh, uh, yeah, with Zerick getting a lot of, um, uh, yeah, basically getting targeted by the opposition, uh, really, that's how how we got that opportunity because uh, it was the Eagles Waterman that gave away an undisciplined free kick, uh, hitting Zerick after he kicked it, and the uh, free was given up the field to Hooker. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll take that. So it's good the uh, umpires were calling that out. Um, and then after that, we got another chance at it through some great effort and ball movement when uh, Tipper set it up Cox. Um, and then again, Waterman from the Eagles gave away another free kick, sort of tunneling Cox, um, or going front on at least uh, to him without looking at the footy. And Cox was able to convert, and uh, we were just 13 points down. 
Yeah, and, and then uh, another bit of uh, AMT brilliance uh, at our third goal in a row. Yeah, absolutely. We just seem to have the momentum and, um, you know, it was, it was this great work when Jones smothered the footy and Stringer was able to grab it, release Langford right on the boundary line. And as you say, Langford uh, sent it to, to Tipper with some great vision, I have to say, and Tipper was able to grab the footy and lead the Eagles on a merry dance, uh, snapping through an absolute ripper and there was just seven points in it. And yeah, it's like uh, West Coast started to dig in. They started to control the ball and they got it down their forward line. But instead of the first half where they were nailing everything, uh, their next three shots would be behind. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, I think the footy gods were smiling on us a bit, mate. Um, because, uh, you know, not long after that, uh, Tipple was able to hit Stringer beautifully about 45 metres out, almost right on the boundary. Uh, and it was scripted for him because uh, Stringer just went back, as he's done a few times before, and kicked the bloody goal to have us within a kick. Yeah, it was a beautiful kick, you know, 50 metres out, right on the boundary, as you say, mate. And, you know, just as he, he came in and, you know, it's like he had ice in his veins, mate. He just bloody went back and kicked the ripper. And, you know, he's a great player, Jake Stringer. Um, you know, he, he can be frustrating to some, but uh, to me, I just think he's, again, one of those really emotive uh, players that gets the guys fired up. Um, yeah, and uh, Nick Cox had another chance, mate, to add to his goal tally, but uh, unfortunately he missed that one, uh, and that was just prior to three quarter time. Yeah, it was, and uh, you know, after trailing by twenty nine uh, earlier in the game, yeah, it was just three points in it, so nine goals eight sixty two to the Eagles, ten goals five sixty five, and and it was game on. Yeah. And- I was very interested watching the three-quarter time, uh, you know, addressed by Ben Rutten. You can just see how much uh, the players were invested in it. Like, I don't know, like it's probably taken too much out of it, like being a fan from the watching from a TV screen. But I don't know, I just felt like they they looked like they were really invested and it kind of gave me a little confidence, a little bit of confidence going into that last quarter. And, um, yeah, that first goal on the back of, a whole heap of pressure, frontal pressure, as they call it, um, you know, from Stringer and AMT and Jones. And the ball came out and Jakey did a beautiful snap um, to put us in front. Yeah, mate, he, uh, he bent it like Beckham. Um, absolute ripper of a kick, you know. And it all started, um, you know, when Ridley was able to work it out of defence. Like, I thought he was playing so well down there. Um, and then, you know, Jones... Uh, got the got the footy in that on the wing there, and I'm um, oh, sorry in the forward pocket, handballed over his head to to Tipper, uh, and Tipper uh, Tipper gave it to Stringer. He snapped it through, as you say, and uh, we seemed to really smell blood. Um, and we had a couple of forays forward after that, but weren't able to make the most of them after Cox ran a bit too far with the footy. And yeah, you, know, you, you love his uh, enthusiasm, but uh, he just needed to slow down a bit there. But um, uh, then Hooker had a shot on goal that that was called touch after review. And, you know, looking at the replay, yeah, I did look it was touched, but uh, I had to have a bit of a quiet chuckle to myself because, yeah, Hooker was like, no bloody way, that's a goal. <laughs> it was um, one of those deceptive ones, mate, because when you looked at it straight on, it didn't look like anyone, it didn't look like he touched it in my opinion, but you do see a bit of deviation on the 
mm-hmm. on the back angle. You know what I mean? So, but um, yeah, I did wonder if that had been really touched. But yeah, Hooker was pretty adamant it was a goal. Yeah, well, unfortunately, there's no snicker about 30, 30 meters out. But um, yeah, look, you know, there were just good signs. We were hungry for the win, and I have to say, like Heppel in particular was taking some great marks and was just battling hard to make sure we got the footy and uh, Parish hurried another snap at goal for another point and we got a rush behind when Snelling had a had hurried snap himself and uh, but we just really needed to put a goal on after, to really actually put some scoreboard pressure on because uh, you know we were six points up and looking strong but then when West Coast got a look up forward and Waterman for them was able to take a mark and kick truly that brought the scores level. Yeah, and like we had all the play and the scores were level. So again, it was when we were on our attack from the defence, which is you know, exciting to watch, but does leave us open if the ball turns over. And that's where Eagles got a lot of goals. But um, we kept playing boldly and you know, we'd add the next three behinds, mate, through Hooker, Hind and AMT. Yeah, oh, and like some exciting play. Like there was a beautiful pass from McGrath that uh, you know hit up Hooker, and it was a great mark by Hooker. Nice diving mark, uh, as you say, he missed. And um, the next entry was after a great run of play, but a mark to Perkins wasn't paid, and I thought that was absolutely criminal. Um, mm. You know, it was sort of ripped out of his hands. But um, yeah, as you say, um, Hind had a rush kick. Um, uh, he kicked a point. And, yeah, with 11 minutes to go, we were just two points up. Um, and we got plenty of uh, repeat entries. You know, Heppel and Laverde were huge. Uh, they were intercepting everything. And uh, unfortunately, though, we just weren't able to add to the scoreboard. But then when Tipper another ping, I thought he'd, he'd kicked it. Um, as you say, he went through the, the wrong sticks, though. And um, lead was just three points with eight minutes left. Yeah, and then... Um, you know, we saw that play with a boundary throw in. Uh, Kyle Hooker using all his uh experience to take on Nick Nat and Grain Controls snapped it and you know fell right at the top of the goal square where Jake Stringer double grabbed and took a nice mark and went back. and That gave us a little bit of breathing space, not much, but nine points up. And you started to feel a little bit of confidence, you know, knowing that the Eagles had to score twice to. Get back in front. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that was great by Hooker. No, really smart to just rip it out of the out of the uh, rack contest there. And then you know the ball sort of pinged around a bit, you know, up both ends. But our defenders, uh, particularly Redmond, I have to say, like, they were really standing up. Uh, then there was some great play from Jones on the wing to take the footy and show some real composure to hit Tipper up further up the ground. Uh, then Tipper ran around and kicked it beautifully into our forward line to Waterman. Uh, who was wide open about 30 metres out straight in front. And he kicked it truly to have us 15 points up with just over four minutes to go. Yeah, a great thing for Alec Waterman. Like he, he was on the Eagles list for so long and, you know, had that illness and you know, unfortunately didn't get to live his dream at his dad's club. But, uh, you know, it's great to see him kick, you know, basically the ceiling goal for the for the win for the Bombers uh and he had to do it against his brother as well. So, um, but that was a nice, nice kick for goal. And um, yeah, there's something about him. I like him in the side, mate. I know he can be a little bit of liability when the ball gets into our forward pocket area. Like, you know, we don't have, he's not the quickest player around. And um, with players like Stringer, 
been kind of similar in terms of their pressure. Um, we we can leave ourselves open for the rebound, but I do like him in the side, mate. I think he's got that long penetrating kick and you know, he's got that bigger body that is hard to bring down. So, yeah, great to see him do that. And then, you know, lastly, we had uh, Kyle Langford uh, have a bit of a miss, mate. Yeah, you know, he had that ping of goal from about 50 and it was just a rip of play from him. Um, you know, I reckon if he, he'd kicked that, he would have brought the house down. Uh, but, yeah, unfortunately he missed. Um, uh, but, you know, in the end, we were able to take away a ripping victory and finished uh, 12 goals, 15-87 to the Eagles, 11 goals, 5-71. And uh, with that, mate, we're in the top eight. And who'd have bloody thunk it? Yeah, that was great. Um, yeah, just the, how much of the play we dominated in that last term. And as you say, those, those marks... Um, when sides were trying to, when the Eagles were trying to get out through Laverty, Heppel, uh, Langford, they're all really important. And, you know, again, it just showed great resilience. Third win in a row. Um, you know, and I guess the knock on Essendon prior to this game was who have they beaten? Um, but I think this one, you know, the Eagles are always hard to beat at home. Uh, and to, to do that, uh, put us on the map because you know, all of a sudden I haven't seen as much uh, positivity about Essendon and where they're at. And I've even heard uh, you know, neutral commentators saying, oh, they'll win a flag in the next three years. Um, I wish I could quote them on that. But, um, <laughs> you know, if that's to be, um, yeah, looking forward to it. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of people jumping on the bandwagon. And, you know, as we know, we, we'll stick with them wherever they are. And we know there's a lot of our listeners do the same. You know, we're stuck with them the last, you know, 21 years without a flag. And, you know, the last, as we keep getting reminded, the last 16 years without a final win. But, um, yeah, we'll stick with them all the way. So I don't think there'll be um, too many people who'll be able to accuse Essendon fans of being bandwagoners because we've had to put up with a lot. Um, and, you know, to play the reigning Premier next week, um, yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And, you know, I loved watching the vision after the game too. Like The boys looked absolutely wrapped. Uh, you know, Jakey Stringer spoke so passionately about the belief in the team and, and the young blokes coming through. And, um, you know, Heppel had the boys in a huddle uh, just before they walked off and they all looked bloody stoked, mate. And, uh, you know, after that, uh, you know, word is that Heppel... Uh, said to the boys, let's put some effing juice into it. Uh, and they belted out an awesome rendition of the Essendon Club song. Uh, and I tell you what, it uh, really excites me as a fan, Jane, to uh, see the team so passionate about the win uh, and the song. And, you know, it seems like our boys, um, you know, they're, they're unified under truck and really playing for him. So, um, you know, well done to uh, to truck in instilling that uh, sort of sense of team and um, the belief the boys are obviously getting out of each other. Because uh, yeah, it's certainly the um, most uplifting I've um, I've seen for a long time. Yeah, and I've got to say, one player that took my attention uh, as they were belting out that great song was um, Zach Merritt, and he was just bouncing on the ground like uh, Tigger, you know. From uh, <laughs> you know, he was just so excited, and you know that gives you great confidence that you know, he's a player that sees what's you know, the future of Essendon Football Club is, and it looks like a player who wants to be there. We saw, you know, some quotes from Darcy Parrish about, 
how much he loves the club and you know that gives you confidence that he's going to stay and Jake Stringer the same so yeah I think it's a really positive uh, mood at the club currently um, and you know we had a you know pretty tough off season uh, coming into this one you know with players looking to leave and um, yeah, a lot of doomsayers saying, you know, yeah, well, yeah, Essendon, we're a long way back, but we've seen that, you know, just some of the picks, and we've got to give Adrian Dodore some great credit. Um, you know, picking up Hind, um, you know, Peter Wright's been valuable to us. You know, you have, you've got your Perkins and Cox, and obviously we haven't seen the best of Zach Reed yet, but he'll be coming as well. Um, you know, Waterman's been a find. You know, well, Harrison Jones was picked the year before, but never got to play due to, you know, some injuries. But, yeah, that's another great pick that Adrian had to trade up to get to him because we didn't have pick 30 last year until um, until he traded up. So he obviously had his eye on him. So it gives you confidence that uh, Adrian Dodoro is the man to build our list. Uh, you know, one of the great knocks on him is that, Oh, he's had to side, you know, he hasn't been able to construct a finals winning side. But a lot of that, you know, has to be taken into account. He's, he's not the coach, right? He picks the players and the talent. And there's no doubt we've had some talented players. And it's just unfortunate that at our peak, when we were looking to peak up, um, you know, we had all that scandal, which, you know, sent a lot of them uh, scattered away. And he's also been unlucky when you look at players like Scott Gumbledon, you know, you have picked two and, He's uh, muted as being one of the great key forwards that you know the next generation, and yeah, you know, he breaks down like a lot of these kind of things you can't foresee. So um, yeah, credit to Adrian Dodoro as well, and and the recruiting team, and uh, it gives you great confidence that we're headed in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Uh, I think Darcy Parish in particular was quoted as saying like he he loves the club and what they're doing, and um, yeah, he said he was he was sure that deal. Uh, in terms of the contract extension, we'll just get done. So, um, like, that's huge. Uh, and even, like, as you say, like, the neutral commentators are. They aren't always so neutral. Um, you know, some of them are coming out um, and saying, you know, Zach Merritt, you know, it's sort of time for him to um, to sign up and, and that kind of thing. And, you know, I think, yeah, Zach Merritt's obviously got his right to, um, you know, still um, take his time to think about stuff, but certainly... Uh, all signs are that, um, you know, in terms of everything that uh, the players wanted, um, you know, Zach Merritt and his uh, the standards he wanted to bring back to the club and everything like that, um, the club's delivering, uh, which, yeah, as you say, mate, gives you confidence that the boys will stick around. And, um, you know, from the signs we're seeing from the young group, we've got, um, yeah, certainly there's a lot of uh, cause for optimism uh, for where we're going in the next few years. Yeah, all right. Well, um, why don't we have a break, mate, and come back with our Don's Cast Medal vote. You know, and you're listening to the Don's Cast, and we continue and we talk about our votes for the Don's Cast Medal votes. And, mate, I'm interested to see your votes as always as you go first. So let's see uh, which players you chose as your five best for that night. Yeah, this one was a uh, difficult one. 
um, for the good reasons, mate, uh, because there were so many blokes who put their hand up on the night. So, um, yeah, I'd be uh, fascinated to uh, hear the opinions of lots of people because uh, there were certainly plenty of blokes that uh, you could have could have named in this. Uh, but for the one vote for mine, uh, I went for Anthony McDonald, Tim Woody. Um, I thought it was fantastic. Um, you know, kick two goals uh, and have four goal assists uh, was huge from a uh, small forward. Um, had the 12 disposals, uh, three tackles uh, in the end, as well as a, a couple of clearances. And, um, you know, yeah, aside from that, you know, he had uh, nine score involvements um, in the end with, uh, you know, six contested possessions, um, which, yeah, just shows that, you know, he, he didn't just, uh, you know, look after his own game. Um, you know, he's certainly there, um, yeah, for uh, for that, that sort of team pressure. And, um, you yeah, know, I thought it played fantastically, really, um, uh, really demonstrated why he's one of the uh, sort of better small forwards of the comp. Uh, so one vote for uh, for Tibber. Uh, two votes, um, Zach Merritt. Um, you know, and I think he's uh, a bit of a victim there of, of his own uh, uh, consistency and, and great play for the season. Because um, there's other blokes that I thought in terms of impact, I rated a bit higher, um, but certainly uh, he played a great game. Like you've got the 37 disposals, uh, 20 of those kicks, 17 handballs, uh, took five marks. Um, as well as made five tackles. So, yeah, again, looking after the offensive and defensive uh, side of the game. Um, and I think, you know, to have created uh, eight inside 50s, uh, had six score involvements um, uh, and, uh, you know, four contested possessions. So pretty good. Um, so two votes for Zach Merritt. Um, three votes, I went for Kyle Langford. I thought he played outstanding on the night. Um, you know, got involved in with the 28 disposals, uh, kicked a goal, uh, nearly kicked that other one right at the right at the death there. Um, but certainly it was his marking that really stood out to me. Like took nine marks uh, for the night uh, with four tackles, um, and even uh, played the nat rat role, Jamie, and uh, you know went into the into the ruck. And I thought, you know, not only did he have a, a good game uh, individually, but he also sacrificed sacrificed his game to a degree to you know compete for those ruck contests and uh, even had a hit out. So I thought that was a pretty good effort from him. Um, had the two goal assists, um, yeah, created five inside fifties, had nine score involvements, um, seven contested possessions. So I, I thought that was absolutely fantastic from him. So three votes for Langford. Four votes went for the captain, Dyson Heppel. Um, you know, he has been racking up plenty of disposals uh, in recent weeks, but I just thought in terms of, um, you know, impact he hasn't been hit that big but for this game he was huge uh for mine uh 22 disposals um yeah took nine marks uh and plenty of those were uh sort of intercept marks there um which was just uh brilliant you know 12 um intercept possessions uh which is just massive and actually used the ball at 91 percent um with eight contested possessions as well so um, I thought he was just huge for us, um, really put us on the front foot and gave us plenty of opportunity to uh, take it out of their, their hands and into ours. Uh, but for the five votes, uh, I couldn't go past Darcy Parrish. Um, 36 disposals, uh, 19 kicks, 17 handballs. Uh, again, um, his use of both legs, uh, so in terms of his kicking, so uh, you know, using the left there, he's, he's really uh, starting to penetrate with that and 
uh, using it quite well. Took four marks, made four tackles, uh, but 11 clearances. Um, he was just more fed up in there. Uh, 500 metres gained. Um, yeah, eight score involvements, uh, five intercepts, um, but 17 contested possessions. Uh, I thought was bloody huge. So uh, Darcy Parrish gets gets my five votes, mate. Uh, how about yourself? How'd you read it? Uh, the same five, mate. Uh, it's uh, interesting because, uh, as I said, there's a lot of apologies that need to go out. You know, so many other good players. You know, I really considered Jaden Laverty and I considered, you know, even uh, the impact that, you know, someone like Jake Stringer had in the second half. Um, mm, yep. But, yeah, I, I think, like, for me, um, I gave the five votes to Darcy Parrish, the same as you. I thought, you know, he... Just the way that he reads the ball, um, you know, even when Nick Nat was dominant in the ruck, he was still, you know, sharking that ball and you know, getting us uh, the clearance. So, yeah, he's just been so valuable. Um, I gave four votes. Uh, to me, was was Zach Merritt. Um, they were kind of, you know, tandem those two. Like they just had so much of the footy. And uh, Zach Merritt is elite kicking. You know, some of his kicking was, you know, you know, he does those look away kicks and just set us up. So I just love the way that they combined those two. Um, you know, the three votes I gave the Dyson Heppel, I thought, you know, it's great to see the captain, um, you know, be a real presence out there and stand up when it counted. Uh, as you say, mate, he picked off all those intercept marks and just his positioning was smart. Um, He's getting more confident in his body, it looks like. You know, he seems to be running a bit better. Like, he's never going to be an elite runner. Um, you know, and if a, a quicker player gets past him, he's not going to catch them. But, yeah, he's, he's got those smarts where he can position himself so he's not, you know, it doesn't show up as a as a weakness. So, and uh, as I said, he just really controlled and set us up well uh, as a captain should. Uh, I gave two votes to Kyle Langford. I thought he was, you know, by far, you know, his best game. Uh, you know, I, I didn't rate his rough work, mate, much. A lot of it was uh, <laughs> just watching um, Nick Natanui, and Natanui, and I understand why he didn't want to go up and cop a knee to the throat. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, a lot of it was uh, just, you know, waiting to read the ball of where it was. But he has got that bigger body, mate, and he uh, is hard to bring down. And, as I said, he took some important marks on the night and, uh, yeah, just, it was great to see him, you know, add some real value and, um, yeah, I just think he's a, he's a player that we haven't seen the best of yet uh, this season. So it'd be great if this is a real you know, starting point for him and one vote again to AMT and just because of, yeah, he was the most valuable in terms of what he had 12 or 13 possessions, mate, but, you know, it seemed like every one of them was just on point. Um, mm. You know, so many goal assists. And you have to wonder, like, if he doesn't play, um, you know, we probably wouldn't have won that game because it was just so important, his input. I've also got to say, mate, that he um, would have to be the best small forward in the comp at the moment. Um, so he'd have to be considered for an All-Australian selection. Wouldn't that be a great comeback after you know last year even though he led our goal kicking was a relatively poor year and we understand that you know he didn't like the the hub and let's hope he doesn't have to suffer it too long um you know 
in with the coming events uh, or the going events at the moment uh, in Victoria. But uh, yeah, I just think he's been amazing this year, and yeah, you know, a lot of credit should go to him for his hard work to get back. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Uh, yeah, he's putting forward a, a fantastic season, and uh, yeah, as you say, like he, he's been um, he's been really consistent, and that's. Uh, both across the game in terms of each quarter, uh, but also across the season itself. Um, so, uh, nah, doing some doing some great work. Uh, hopefully, he's in the conversation. Uh, so, I guess we'll see how the season plays out and decision makers do their thing. But either way, uh, you know, he's truly valued uh, by those of us with the Essendon Football Club. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, why don't we get a rundown of where we're at, mate? After well, where are we up to now? We're at the halfway mark. Yeah, certainly are. So um, uh, we'll go from the bottom, as always. Um, so one vote each to Snelling and Draper. Uh, two votes each to Shield, Wright and Jones. Three votes each to Phillips and Cox. Uh, Redmond with four votes. Uh, five votes to Francis and Langford. Uh, ten votes each to Heppel, Perkins and Stringer. Uh, Fifteen votes to Hooker. Tipper's on 18 Laverde is on 21, uh, McGrath on 26, Ridley on 29, Hind on 46, Parrish on 58, and Merritt just out in front on 59 Don's cast medal votes. Wow, how close is that? Like, you know, Merritt and Parrish right up there. And, you know, um, Andy McGrath was a player that, um, you know, the week before, those three were just so dominant. Um, so I just think that that midfield's really getting, you know, pretty much settled, and let's hope they can all stay fit, and we can uh, watch this development development of this um, midfield group. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know, in terms of honourable mentions, there's plenty. I think McGrath's certainly one of those. You know, when he, Zerrett, and Parish were all linking up in the middle there, uh, it was fantastic to see. So. Um, yeah, as you say, mate, this midfield, like it's the best best midfield we've had for quite a long time. Um, so just loving how they're all um, yeah, playing for each other and um, working with each other. Um, it's just great stuff to see. And, yeah, it's all, uh, you know, uh, showing great dividends out on the park. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll have uh, one more break, mate, and we'll come back with our By the Numbers segment. You're listening to Don's Cast, and as always, we go by the numbers. Thankfully, we can start with number one, Andy McGrath. Absolutely, mate. Um, another, it was a cracking game from Andy, I thought. Um, you know, 24 disposals, uh, and just the way he was linking up with uh, uh, with Merritt and Parrish in particular was um, really pleasing to see. And, you know, he was using his, um, you know, uh, his handballs really well, but also his uh, his kicking um, is much improved um, from what I've seen. I mean, yeah, his disposal efficiency uh, yeah, is listed at fifty four percent, which uh, you'd say that yeah, that's pretty poor. But um, I, I certainly think um, uh, you know that wasn't definitely a, a reflection of how poor his uh, disposal was in the night. I thought he was actually uh, not bad. Um, yeah, had the five score involvements, uh, three inside fifties. Uh, but 12 contested possessions, so he's really doing the hard stuff. Um, I thought he had a, a fairly solid game for us, mate. How, how did you see him? 
Yeah, well, he wasn't as dominant as the week before, but uh, as I said, I think he's our defensive mid um, in that he'll do a lot of work off the ball that isn't always rewarded with a stat. So um, I'm surprised he only had the one tackle because uh, that's part of his uh, skill set. Mm. He's a good tackler. But um, I think, you know, Andy, uh, I guess the best part of his play I think, on the night was where he streamed out of the middle and, and kicked that long penetrating kick and got uh, Kyle Hooker in the last. Like, I think Kyle Hooker went back and missed, but it was a um, beautiful kick, you know, long and penetrating into the forward 50 and set up a good scoring involvement. But, yeah, Andy McGrath uh, said he – He's doing a lot of work that isn't always rewarded uh, on the stat sheet. So um, if you if you watch the centre clearances, um, you'll see him busy around the packs and providing an option. Um, Darcy Parrish, mate, we pretty much both gave him best on. Oh, or, what did you vote him? Did you vote yeah, him best no, on? Best, well? best yeah. on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, again, 36 disposals, 19 kicks, 17 handballs, um, four marks, four tackles. Uh, the one behind, but yeah, he, he's just such a uh, he's become this dominant force in the midfield, mate. And uh, yeah, him and Merritt really uh, sidekicks. Yeah, it was, uh, it was brilliant. You know, Darcy Parish with the 11 clearances, um, to get it out to, to Merritt to use that class disposal. Um, yeah, a great um, one two combination, and uh, with Andy McGrath in there, um, working great guns. Uh, so no, nah, great game from Darcy Parish. Uh, another player that featured in the votes for the first time, mate, was Kyle Langford. Uh, 28 disposals, 16 kicks, 12 handballs, nine marks, four tackles. Um, yeah, great game from Kyle. And, you know, kicked that nice goal right in the um, top of the goal square after taking a you know, double touch mark. Um, yeah, fantastic. And yeah, great to see Kyle have a great game. Yeah, he really stood up um, on the night. Just uh, fantastic work from Kyle. Um, you know, we've um, we have um, been knocking on his performance because we know what he's he's capable of more than what he has been putting out so far in the season. Uh, and certainly, he seemed to put it all out on the park uh, against the Eagles. And yeah, it wasn't a better time for it because uh, you know he's he certainly showed like with that marking power he's got, um, and he even showed good defensive side of his game with the four tackles and. Um, yeah, there were plenty of one percenters too that he wouldn't have got a stat on, like a, those smart taps. Um, that moment where he basically rejected the ball going over his head. Um, I, I thought he had a, a fantastic game, and um, yeah, I suppose uh, yeah, that was rewarded in the votes. Um, and I'm sure sure the uh, yeah, the coaching um, uh, fraternity would have got around him as well to um, yeah, let him know just uh, what that game meant to the club. So yeah, great game from Kyle. Zach Merritt, uh, we both gave him votes as well, mate. 37 disposals, 20 kicks, 17 ambles, five marks, five tackles. And again, like his uh, smart kicking, you know, in tight. Uh, it was a joy to watch. Um, yeah, he's uh, so exciting uh, when he's, you know, at full flight and really hope that, uh, you know, he wants to be with the Bombers. Absolutely. And, uh, Certainly, from from his output, he's uh, he's invested. Um, as you say, if he's jumping around at the team song, um, that shows a bloke that's um, still got the passion for the red and black. Um, another fantastic game from Zach Merritt, and uh, yeah, not much more we can say except uh, 
Yep, hope he signs on um, and we'll continue that sentiment until he does. Yep. Uh, David Zaharakis. Uh, mate, I just felt he looked a step slow in this match. He kind of, you know, uh, just his decision-making more than anything. Like, he still racked up a fair bit of the ball. Um, you know, he had 19 disposals, 15 kicks, four handballs, um, five marks, and a couple of tackles. But um, this is decision-making. There was one part in the last where um, Jake Stringer gave him a bit of a blast, you know, kind of um, was out on his own in the pocket and, mm. um, you know, you couldn't, uh, yeah, you know, he was in top. He's had a lot of pressure on him, uh, Zaraka. So it wasn't like it was an easy decision, but mm. he definitely put the arm up to say, "Hey, sorry, Jakey." Um, you know, realizing that yeah, you know, he probably made the wrong decision at that moment. But um, there was another one where he was streaming through the center, and you know, it looked like for all money that we're out um, mm. going on the attack, and yep. got caught in the tackle and went back, and uh, West Coast added a goal the other way. So. Um, I still think he's worth persevering with, mate, because especially coming up against Richmond, they've got some bigger bodies there. Um, and you've got to understand, he is coming back from injury. He's um, <clears throat> yeah, spent a lot of time being the sub, uh, the medical sub. So, yeah, I think David can definitely get the best out of himself. Um, and, I, I, yeah, I do value him as a winger. He knows that role well. Um, so, yeah, I, I would persevere with Tarakas, if it was me. Yep, um, certainly agree uh, with those sentiments, James. Um, I think, you know, he, he's been a whipping boy for us. And don't get me wrong, like, um, certainly last year, uh, we were on that bandwagon um, because he wasn't performing uh, as we expect a senior player to do so. Um, but certainly these last two games, he showed a lot more in terms of his um, intensity at the footy. Um, and that's not only offensively, but defensively as well. Um and yeah, certainly for mine, you know, while his decision making was iffy at times, um, uh, you know, that that'll happen when you don't, you haven't played footy um, in quite a long time. You know, he had that injury, um, and you, you just have to get up to the speed of the game. There's no instant fix for it. Um, so I think you know what he's demonstrating out in the park is um, is of standard. I think he's bringing a lot of benefit to the side. Uh, you know, 415 metres gained shows he's he's playing his role as a winger. Uh, and certainly in terms of some stuff, you know, yep, he uh, he burnt Jakey there. He was opening the pocket. But personally, if you're under pressure um, and you've got a, you know, split, a split second, what do you do? Do you uh, try to find an option or do you have a ping at goal? Um, you know, he's, he's had a ping at goal. Uh, it missed, but I'd certainly much rather that than uh, someone do a panic kick to bloody nowhere um, because we've seen those go back over our heads uh, over the years. And uh, I think, you know, really, um, yeah, I, I thought he had a, a, a solid game for a Zaka. Uh, he'll get better, um, you know, from from this game. And um, certainly we could use uh, his composure with the footy uh, because, you know, in terms of his, um, you know, ball use, uh, you know, he's, he's only listed at 42% on the night. But, um, yeah, I, I, it certainly didn't feel like that. Um, you know, when I was watching the footy, uh, and he had you know eight contested possessions, um, which you know certainly is uh, is a huge way up from where he's come from previously. Um, yeah, just just my personal thoughts. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd keep going with him, and uh, you know I think he'll be very handy for us uh, against the Tiggies. 
of the footy, mate, just the nine possessions, um, six kicks, three ambles, four marks, um, kicked a goal, a, a very important goal, and uh, had another shot where which he missed. Um, and he had that wonderful run. Um, and I just wish he had to touch the ball on the ground or something because yeah, yeah it really showed his athleticism. Um, you know, he, he looked like he was getting away from Nick Nat, but um, yeah, just yeah, went a bit too far. So um, it looks like he's missed out on the Rising Star again, mate, at his uh, nomination this week. Um, but I'm sure he'll have bigger games than that. But uh, yeah, Nick Cox uh, definitely uh, enjoy watching him play. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Uh, he's putting together a great season. Um, yeah, his marking power is something that he's really putting out on the park. Uh, like four big marks there, uh, and as you say, like that where he was streaming past Nick Nat. Um, uh, yeah, it just seems like he got a bit overexcited and wasn't sure what to do and just ran a bit too far. But uh, now nah, those those bits of play, like you'll you'll learn from this experience and um, yeah, certainly be able to put it out there. But he's putting together a really good season footy. Uh, for a first-year player. Uh, so definitely looking forward to um, him for many years to come. Yeah, now Jordan Ridley, I, I really wanted to give him a vote too because he, he's not, although he's not having the possession rate that he used to have last year in his best and fairest year, he's had 16 disposals, 10 kicks, 6 handballs, um, 4 marks. But what he does is he he played very tight defensively on uh Liam Ryan for most of that game. Uh, now, Liam Ryan has a history of burning us. Yeah. Uh, and I just found he played a, a fantastic defensive game. Mm. And he's kind of sacrificed his attacking play to be a more uh, lockdown defender, yeah. uh, which is surprising. But um, even though he's having less possessions, he's, uh, you know, his field kicking is still very good. And you, know, you, you feel reliable when he has the ball, you know. Um, and I just think that, you know, he still had the 88% um, disposal efficiency, mate. Mm. Um, so, but it seems this year, whether it's part of Truck's um, guidance with him um, and Daniel G and Sarah Accuser as well, like uh, they want him to focus more on, you know, beating his opponent as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I thought particularly in that first half, he was really important. Um and as you say, like Liam Ryan, he's a class player. Uh, so I thought he um, yeah, gave me a bit of a bath, uh, to be honest with you, uh, because there was no point in the game where he was able to get um, get on top of Ridley. Like, yes, he got some possessions here and there, kicked the goal or so, uh, but I thought Ridley wore him like a glove. Um, so I thought he played a really solid game and yeah, it was uh, one of about four or five to be unlucky to miss out on Don's cast medal votes, mate, but... Um, no, certainly uh, I'm sure the, the team would have got around him because uh, he played a great role for us on the night. Yeah, well, talk about hold my beer, mate. The bloke that I reckon <laughs> really was unlucky to miss a vote from us was Jaden Laverde. And again, it's not his possession rate. He only had the 15 disposals, 10 kicks, five handles, five marks um, and four tackles. But, gee, especially in that last quarter when the heat in the game was on, um He's defensive marking, and he was hobbled, mate. He was, yep. yeah, he's been beaten to pillar to post the last <laughs> couple of weeks. Um, so much so, he actually got subbed out of the game at the end, um, yeah, because he'd just been beaten so much. So, um, yeah, but he was fantastic, and um, just hope he pulls up well for this week because 
Um, I think he'd be a really good matchup on Rewalt for uh, against the Tigers. Yeah, he's a bit like the uh, Black Knight from Monty Python, mate. Um, tis but a flesh wound. Um, you know, he copped a, an errant um, sort of shoulder, uh, elbow rather, to the face uh, from Allen, I think it was. Um, uh, Bailey Williams. Oh, that's it. That's it, yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, he soldiered through and, Jesus, we needed him. Um, and, you know, in that fourth quarter particularly, uh, he stood up time and time again, taking intercept mark after intercept mark. And, um to have laid the four tackles, I think it's a huge um, uh, sort of string to his bow in, in terms of the defensive effort he was able to apply. Um, but, you know, eight intercepts, um, used the ball at, you know, 93%, uh, had the six contested possessions. Um, he just had a, a an all-round um, great game for mine. And as you say, he was a unlucky one to miss out on votes, but, um, yeah, certainly much valued um, and, you know, really vital uh, to our win against the Eagles on Saturday night. Archie Perkins is really starting to show what kind of player he's going to be. He's, uh, yeah, he's, he's hard to tackle, as you can see, and he, he's got that sidestep, and um, he just looks like a strong-bodied player. And, you know, I just think that he's going to be you know, a really great talent for us, and I'm really looking forward to his development. But he had 16 disposals on the night, nine kicks, seven ambles, Four marks, three tackles. Um, you know, just had that miss goal, which hit the post. But uh, he's a player I'm really excited by. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, to be able to weave in and out of tackles and yeah, show that really smart sidestep um, to his game to to get around an opponent to get that little bit more meterage and um, yeah, he's a, he's a real attacking player. Looks for the attacking option and uh, to really get dangerous and. As you say, mate, like as he, um, yeah, continues to, to build um, as a senior listed player and um, play more games of AFL footy, um, you know, he'll continue to develop and uh, I reckon he's a bit of a scary prospect, mate, and uh, he's certainly one I've uh, got my eyes on keenly to um, uh, see what player he develops into. Uh, and I thought particularly on the night, like he played a really solid role for us. Um, you know, 367 metres gained, uh, which I thought was uh, quite good. Uh, from him, uh, four score involvements, uh, seven inside 50s. Um, you know, uh, what more can you ask from a young bloke? He's um, yeah, showing it all out there, and uh, yeah, another great game from Archie. Yeah, now James Stewart, yeah, again, look at his stats, and they don't say much, but he's the taller of our backmen down there, uh, and I still think he's playing a very good role for us. He's Kicking is quite good. It's uh, yeah, he's got a bit of penetration on it. It's it's a long kick, um, and I, I just think he's an important player that is still learning the craft down back. But uh, he's certainly worth persevering with, especially with yeah, the hooker going forward and Hurley out for most of the year. Um, yeah, I think he's been a you know a good addition to us. Um, you can't base his performance just on stats because, as I said, he's a bigger body down there and and our tallest defender. Yeah, no, I thought he, you know, it wasn't a huge game from him, but um, geez, he uh, he done all he could to, to help us out, and we certainly needed it. You know, they've got a really good forward line uh, down there. You know, with uh, with Allen, even though he went out uh, a bit earlier in the game, um, but Darling and Kennedy, you know, certainly we were going to be stretched all night. Um, ended up with the um, seven intercepts, uh, four com- uh, contested possessions. Um, 
and uh, yeah, actually used the ball at ninety percent efficiency. So that's the um, he's good kicking there, um, and you know he'll continue to keep learning his role um, because yeah, certainly you can't expect him to uh, be a key defender overnight, and uh, I think he's really developing well into that role, um, and uh, yeah, he's really producing um, some pretty solid work for us down there. So um, yeah, great work to James Stewart for knuckling down and learning about the craft and yeah, another good call from Ben Rutten to put him down there. So solid game from Jimmy. Yeah, uh, Nick Hind, uh, another very serviceable game down back. Um, yeah, he provides that real pace, uh, 20 disposals, 17 kicks, three handballs, five marks and, you know, the one tackle, but um, yeah, and the one behind as well. But yeah, I think that he has just added that, you know, that player that we needed, that bit of burst of speed from the half-back line. You know, when we lose uh, McKenna and also Saad, mm. uh, we needed someone to step up. And, you know, to think this guy was playing for St Kilda last year, you know, I have no doubt he'd be in our top five of our best and fairest, I reckon. So, um, yeah, he's been a wonderful addition. And, um, you know, again, you know, I just enjoy watching him play because, uh, he does give us that burst of speed from that back line. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, another really good game from Nick Hind. Um, yep, a couple of um, you know regrettable um, turnovers, but um, look, certainly he stops at nothing uh, to uh, you know, help Essendon get the footy. And he just, you can see he loves playing for the jumper, uh, which is so great to see. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, is and like the, the stats don't don't tell a story, um, as with everyone. But um, yeah, four hundred nine meters gained from a half back, um, and yeah, to go with that, you know, four score involvements. Like that's that's pretty good um, off your back line, mate. Uh, to go with five intercepts and um, yeah, he's he's putting together a really good season. Um, and uh, yeah, well done to Nick Hind. Uh, to you know, he's playing off the forward pocket. You know, with St Kilda, uh, came to Essendon because he wanted a role in the back line, and uh, geez, he's made it his own, and um, he's playing sensational footy. Yeah, uh, Dyson Heppel again. We gave, both gave him votes. Uh, so important, especially in that you know, in the second half, I thought he was you know mm. by far one of our most important players, especially you know, keeping our structure, taking intercept marks, and setting us up to go forward. So, yeah, well done to the skipper on a great effort on the night. Yeah, fantastic game. Like, as I said, when I, was, uh, when I gave him the votes, um, yeah, just a, a really, um, really big captain's game. Just, uh, you know, cut off, um, you know, West Coast being able to exit out of our 50, particularly in that last quarter there. Um, and, uh, yeah, really showed his marking power, his, his smarts to read the play and the footy. Um, yeah, so a fantastic game from Dyson Heppel, and uh, yeah, it was uh, just great to see him. Um, yeah, even like the things he does uh, off the ground, like getting the boys in that huddle just before they walked off the ground. Um, yeah, really inspiring them to, you know, not only appreciate the victory they'd had on the night, um, but to keep that enthusiasm going forward. And uh, yeah, certainly yeah, a great uh, game from the captain. Yeah, Harry Jones. Uh... Yeah, you know, it was uh, welcomed back into the side after originally being rested. Um, but due to the calf injury to Peter Wright, he got a um, yeah, got a second opportunity. And 
you know, kicked our first goal of the game, mate. And I thought he was quite important that last term as well, where he, you know, won a, a few key balls and, you know, sent it forward for us. Yeah, no, he, um, he's just, uh, you know, Wally's his total numbers on the stats screen, as again, um, you know, don't look that impressive. Um, like the work he does um, is excellent, like just watching it. Um, and, uh, you know, to have the composure to kick that goal, which was really important for us, as you say, mate. Uh, but, but he's just marking power is really developing, like the five big marks on the night. Uh, had a goal assist as well. Um, yeah, I thought it was a really solid game from Harrison Jones. And, um, yeah, I reckon that like, this kid, like, he loves wearing the jumper. Um, and I love seeing him uh, represent us out there. So, yeah, good game from Harrison. And added another couple of years to his contract, mate, too. So uh, he'll be part of the furniture as we go forward. Uh, a player that's so important, Jake Stringer. Uh, you know, you probably watched the first half and thought, gee, a little bit off to, on the night. But, gee, the second half, uh, it was huge for us. Mm. Kicked three goals in the second half, um, and including that long-range goal on the 50-metre line, yeah, on the boundary, uh, which was just epic. And it kicked the goal that put us in front in the last. So, um, yeah, and, yeah, he's just such a vital player for us when he's up and going. So, yeah, he only had the 12 disposals, eight kicks, four handballs and three marks and a couple of tackles. But that three goals too, mate, um, yeah, just goes to show how impressive uh, his performance was. Yeah, like I remember speaking to you at halftime, Jamie, and I'm saying, geez, I hope someone puts a rocket up him. Um and you know, whether that happened or not, um, he certainly came out firing in that second half. And yeah, three big goals, um, like at, at really important times of the game. Um, I thought it was just fantastic. Uh, and he's another one of those players that, you know, he, his excitement must lift the boys. Like he's, his eyes just really lit up and, and everyone seemed to uh, stand a bit taller beside him. So, uh, no, nah, good game from Jakey Stringer. And I uh, hope he brings that um, you know, into next week's game because we'll certainly need a bit of X factor against the Tiggies. Yep. Um, Kyle Hooker, he's been brilliant this year. You know, if you can remember the narrative, mate, at the end of last season, you know, he was one of the disillusioned players. Um, mm. There was a little bit of talk. If he could find a suitor, he'd probably finish up his career elsewhere mm. um, after the famous Thomas Bell Chambers incident where he wasn't picked in the last game. Yeah. But um, he looks as invested as ever, mate. And um what we probably thought would be his last season, I'm hearing he's, uh, yeah, he's going to sign on um, and have another year. Um, still a wait and see prospect, but yeah, he's had that good a season that um, both the club and him are thinking about a, a one-year extension. Yeah, and uh, look, why couldn't he? You know, based on the output he's put forward so far, um, you know, like he only kicked the two goals on the night, but um, had another three shots on goal. Um, which I think shouldn't be understated. Like to get five shots on goal, um, you know, from a tall forward is certainly valuable to the side. But it's his marking power that, um, you know, just really makes him so valuable for us. Like seven big marks, and uh, as you said earlier, mate. Like sometimes he just has that vice-like grip. No one's getting it out of his hands. Um, no, he's not getting any faster, uh, and he's never fast to begin with. Um, but his ability to read the play. Um, is second to none, um, and he really does use his strength and smarts to, um, uh, you know, offer a, a good target down there uh, in the forward line. So, um, 
you know, why couldn't he go around one more? Um, had a goal assist as well. I, I thought it was a really solid game from Kale Hooker. And um, as you said before, mate, like when he uh, uh, when he kicked that goal, gets a bit excited. All the boys lift around him. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was a really good game from Kale Hooker. Yep. Um, Mason Redmond, uh, you know, 15 disposals, 10 kicks, five handballs, four marks, three tackles. But I, I still think he had a pretty serviceable game. Didn't stand out in the night, but uh, certainly looked to beat his opponent. And uh, he's having a great season compared to last year, mate. Yeah, he is uh, certainly moving a lot a lot freer. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, had the four marks, three tackles. So uh, that defensive side of his game is back. Um, and yeah, just the way he, he sort of lopes across the ground. Um, yeah, had had six intercepts, uh, seven contested possessions, and actually used the ball at ninety three percent. So um, no, I think it was a really solid game. And he was one oh, I mentioned earlier that uh, you know in that last quarter there he really stood up uh, in the defensive lines there. Um, you know there was that huge contest right at the end where he. Uh, spoiled the ball where Liam Ryan would look to have it for all money. Um, and he just beelined it. Uh, he knew the pressure was coming. Um, like He was always going to get collected by Ryan, but he just went at the footy um, and was able to get it out for us. So uh, a really solid game from Mason Redman. Um, and, yeah, um, not, not much more I can say about him. And our player got a call up after Aaron Francis fell ill was Brendan Zirk Thatcher, and I thought he was quite serviceable on the night too, mate. He showed a lot of endeavour, put his body on the line. Like, we saw him get cleaned up and had mm. to get medically assessed, and he'd be a very sore boy after the game. But, um, yeah, he's a real good depth player, I think, and, um, you know, he's a handy player to have, you know, as a backup backman. Um, he still hasn't made his way to be a permanent fixture. Um but I was actually impressed with his pace chasing for, um, I can't remember who the player he was, but mm. he really lunged and inter- you know, basically interfered with the way the ball was going to go forward. Yep. And I, if my, my uh, criticism of Zerk is sometimes he looks a little bit slow, like mm. the ball gets behind him, he doesn't make up ground. But on this occasion, um, really was evident how much work he was putting in. So, um, yeah, I thought he did exactly the role that the coaches would have asked of him. Um, and as I said, he had to wear a few bruises after the game, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, very handy uh, player on the night. Yeah, and that's the, that's the thing. Like, um, you know, certainly um, uh, in terms of matchups, um, you know, he wasn't a winner on the night. But uh, the effort he put, on, put out there, you could not uh, question that. Um, and, yeah, he... He did, as you said, mate, put his body in the line, really beelined a few opportunities. Uh, and whether it was wearing a body or wearing the leather um, with uh, with a, a smother he had in uh, that fourth quarter, I think it was, um, you know, he, he was more than willing to put his body out there and um, uh, wear one for the team. Uh, and I think that kind of stuff um, can't be undervalued um, because while, you know, he doesn't have the greatest skills in the world and all the rest of it, um, you have to acknowledge what he does do, um, particularly as a young player where, you know, he's got to call up, you know, however many minutes or hours before the match and say, all right, you, you're going to be playing on a, you know, on a Kennedy or a Darling or, um, or Allen, um, as may have been the case at the start of the game. Um, <laughs> they're big, um, they're big blokes, all played a lot of AFL footy between them. And, 
yeah, certainly had the challenge put up to him, and he, he didn't shirk away from it. Um, yeah, so I thought it was a, a very serviceable game from Zerk Thatcher. Uh, Braden Ham uh, added another game to his tally, mate, but again, uh, for the second week in a row with the medical sub. And um, I believe he was activated, but never actually came onto the ground. So um, th- that was what was reported. So um, it's hard to have an impact when you're the sub, but uh, he certainly adds another game to his total. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, not much more I can add there, mate. <laughs> I knew I hadn't given you much to work with. <laughs> um, yeah, um, Andrew Phillips, I thought he was quite serviceable. Like, obviously, Nick Nat was dominant uh, in the ruck contest, but uh, yeah, Phillips has been you know, very handy depth player again as well. Like, while um, Draper is an inside, and uh, there's talk that Draper played for Carlton, mate of all teams. Um, uh, you know, in a practice match, uh, you know, um, this week, so to get some run into the league, so who knows, he might even get a call up for the Tigers game. But, um, yeah, I thought Phillips was very serviceable and had some key taps during the game, um, not in the ruck contest, but just in loose balls that are ended up, you know, providing goals to the bombers, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, he was, uh, you'd have to say, soundly beaten on the night by Nick Nat. Um, uh, but, you know, he, he didn't stop all night. Uh, you know, seven big marks, which I think was um, you know, huge from him. Um, yeah, and while at times, you know, his, his uh, disposal wasn't great, that wasn't helped when we sometimes passed it to him when he's flat-footed. Um, but, you know, he's got a booming kick. Um, you know, he uh, yeah, certainly got plenty of, forward entries. I think he had the uh, three inside 50s uh, in the end there, uh, five intercept marks, and actually used the um, uh, the pill pretty good. So went at about 82% uh, and had six contested possessions. Um, so certainly um, in terms of output, I thought he was uh, very serviceable and uh, put in a contest all night and didn't make things easy for Nick Nat. So no, I think a, um, yeah, a, yeah, an all right game from uh, Andrew Phillips all told. Yeah, now um, a real effort-based player is Matt Guelphy. Um, and he does a lot of the one-percenters, mate, again, that don't show up as stats. Um, we know he's not an elite kick, but uh, if you're basing players on effort, um, despite looking like a pretty boy, mate, he does the hard work. You know, he, he definitely does do um, a lot of defensive work. Um, and he's, he has got a long kick. It's not always... Uh, you know, accurate, but <laughs> um, I still think he's you know, a really good utility to have in your team. Uh, you know, 17 disposals, uh, eight kicks, nine handballs, five marks, and the two tackles. Yeah, as you say, mate, he's um, the Prince of Perth. He uh, can't be faulted in terms of his effort. Um, actually, had the seven contested uh, possessions and... Um, uh, you know, four score involvement. So, like, that's fairly good for a uh, for a bloke who's sort of thrown in um, as a bit of a Mister Fix it around the ground. Um, so, uh, you know, he plays his role. Uh, plenty of uh, smothers and uh, shepherds bumps. Um, you know, I, I think he um, you know played a very serviceable role for us. Um, you know, he doesn't stand out. Uh, you know, in terms of um, his output on the park, but. Um, Geez, I reckon you know we, he'd be a player we sorely miss uh, if we didn't have him out there. Just doing those those little things that 
um, put a bit of that perceived pressure on the Eagles players because, um, uh, yeah, certainly he wouldn't make things easy for them. So I thought, a, you know, a fairly good game from uh, Mac Welfie. Yeah, now, Will Snelling had a typical Will Snelling the game, you know, where he gets those 12 disposals, kicks a goal. Um, I didn't really notice him in the second half, to be honest. Like, I know he was there, but, um, yeah, I thought he had a, a better first half than second. Mm-hmm. But um, he still provided a bit of pressure. He you know, had the three tackles. Um, but just the 12 disposals, seven kicks, five handballs and two marks. Um, but again, it's that perceived pressure. He does, definitely, you can see him lurking around trying to put pressure on uh, the Eagles getting out of our forward line. But um, yeah, I must say, look, I didn't really notice him in that second half. No, I'd, I'd agree with that sentiment, mate. And I wonder whether it, that role he sort of went to the sort of um, just played a forward pocket role because um, I didn't see him a lot in terms of um, you know going to the midfield, which he does at times. Um, so. No, I'd, I'd say a, um, a, serviceable, a serviceable game from Will Snelling. Um, you know, certainly, um, yeah, to, to kick, it was a very smart smart goal he kicked. Um, he did continue running all night. Um, he had the five contested dispos- uh, possessions, rather. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say serviceable without being outstanding. So, um, no, I'm sure he'll go around again against the Tigers. Yeah. Uh, AMT again, the both game just a one vote, mate. But he was so important. Um, you know, all those scoring involvements and kicking those two classy goals, um, setting up Jake Stringer for a couple of goals, mate. Um, yeah, just really good player and um, having a great season. Yeah, he is. Uh, not much more I can add, James, but um, no, great game from, from Tipper. He's uh, really showing his smarts and uh, just his ability to. To keep running out games uh, for all four quarters, uh, just fantastic to see. So, great game from Tipper. And finally, mate, Alec Waterman. Um, again, he found the going a bit difficult early. Uh, I think the pace in the game, you know, it's take always takes uh, new players a, a little while to get used to that. Um, and when the ball was going to ground, he, he seemed to be hard to keep it in there. But um, yeah, I thought he. He got better as the game went on. Uh, just the 11 disposals, uh, five kicks, six handballs, four marks and three tackles. But um, also had that final goal that we scored and um, he had an emotional release when he kicked that goal, mate. So it was fantastic to see. And as I said, I, I think he's worth um, you know, worth keeping a spot on his side because he'll definitely make the Tigers' defence uh, pay him some attention. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and he's got a booming left left uh, left peg. Um, yeah, and he's, he's very accurate with his kicking. So, um, you know, when he does get a run on, um, he'll certainly make you worry. And on the night, yep, um, you know, not, not huge uh, throughout the, the game, but, you know, Iceman towards the end there with that uh, very important goal to seal it for us. Um, so, yep, serviceable game from Waterman um, and with continued time at the AFL level. Uh, I'm sure you'll be able to put out uh, you know, improved performances, but certainly that's a, a great game for him to get up against his old mob. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, well done to Alec Waterman. All right, mate. Well, we've done it again. Um, got through the side. Uh, again, it's been enjoyable because, again, we're talking about a nice win and 
as I said, one of the most important wins we've had in the last couple of years, at least, and mm. perhaps longer. Um, so always hard to win in Perth. Um, uh, I've heard the Eagles fans talk it down, saying, oh, yeah, we lost Kelly and we lost Allen. Uh, but they also forget that they were 29 points up. So um, mm. it wasn't like um, these injuries happened and uh, they just fell away. They actually went forward when those injuries occurred. So uh, we still had to win the game. And um, yeah, it was an exciting young list. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching the Bombers throughout. Yeah, the back end of 2021 now. So we uh, get to round 12 coming up against the Tigers, a dream time match. Again, it's not played in Melbourne after being played in Darwin last year. Um, we're now going to now play in Perth. Uh, so maybe in 2022, we'll get back to the G to play the dream time. But uh, you're looking forward to that match? Absolutely, mate. It should be a ripper and. uh yeah, looking forward to the um, spectacle the boys will put on, and I'm sure the um, the Dons will put everything out there to hopefully get us the the win. And um, geez, wouldn't it be great to finish midway point of the season in the eight, mate? That'd be amazing. Um, yeah, so uh, like I said, we we've been a bit unlucky with all those you know those three uh, losses we had under three points. Um, you know, so. <laughs> Uh, I did hear someone say, oh, we're not far out of the top four, you know, if we'd um, somehow fluke those wins. Um, now, obviously, yeah, that doesn't mean that's the way it would have fell, but uh, we've certainly been in a lot more games this year. Even the Carlton mm. lost only 14 points, um, you know, and we had control of that match. Uh, we just let it slip out of our hands. So um, basically only two matches this year where we've looked totally out of sorts. Mm. Um, and you know, in Adelaide against Port, when we uh, had all those injuries and um, it looked like we're still trying to gel, you know, it was only round two when we played like that. Um, and then obviously that Brisbane game again, it was soaking wet at the Gabba. Um, a young side probably wasn't suited to go up against uh, you know, a, a season final team uh, that night, so. Yeah, I think we can be you know, very optimistic that at least we're competitive and we play a nice brand of footy. Um, we're still one of the highest scoring teams. Uh, we still need to work on that, you know, keep reducing scores because uh, we are quite high in that area. But, um, yeah, the actual scoring is uh, the fun part to watch, mate, and we're, we're having no problems doing that. Yeah, absolutely. So, no, it's great stuff and uh, hopefully the boys kick on from here. All right. Well, we got tomorrow. Uh, sorry, on Wednesday, we're looking forward to the mid-season draft to see who we're going to add into the to the squad. Um, and yeah, as I said, mate, we either add a, a player for needs, or we try and get one of those nineteen-year-old kids who probably would go, you know, mid-range in the dra- upcoming draft. Um, maybe we want to, you know, get a, a quick, uh, quick uh, foot in the door to get one of those kids locked in already so it'll be interesting to see if we either go with a project or um, a really targeted player that we want to add for this season so we've got that to look forward to on Wednesday but other than that um, we look forward to the Tigers game and for the rest of the week go Bombers go Dons